Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Good afternoon and welcome to Engage for Success Radio show number 361, How to Learn to Be a Good Manager. Today we're going to be talking about the tools managers need to be great managers. I'm Joe Dodds, your host for today. I'm an engagement consultant working within the Engage for Success core team. The Engage for Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine a light on good practice, inspiring people and workplaces to, th- to thrive. And we're widely supported across the UK involving the public, private and third sectors. If you go to our website, engageforsuccess.org, you can use the link at the bottom of the page to join our newsletter list and all our social media links are there too. My guest today is Peter Economy, who's author of Managing for Dummies and Wait, I'm the Boss. So welcome, Peter. Thanks for joining me. Hello, Joe. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Lovely. And uh, we're just going straight into it, aren't we? We had a bit of technical issues. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to introduce ourselves to each other as we go. So tell tell me and uh, tell all the listeners um, who you are, a bit more about uh, what you do, and tell us a bit about the, the books. Sure. So I'm a writer, um, business writer, leadership writer. I've been writing books for about 25 years now. And before that, I was actually a manager. And uh, so I've got a fair, fair amount of experience in actual management, probably about better part of 10 years being a manager. And then I started writing about it. And I, as you said, I wrote Managing for Dummies, which I believe is published in the UK as Management for Dummies. And uh, I've done a lot of books since then, over 100 books, and uh, mostly collaborations with other people and uh, in all sorts of topics, but mostly leadership and, and management is, are my um, sweet spots. Lovely. So it's great to have you today talking about uh, engagement and obviously leadership and, and managers. And um, I guess we could we could be here for hours. <laughs> uh, yeah, we sure could. <laughs> I don't know if your schedule permits, but mine does. I'm I'm clear all day. <laughs> so tell us a bit about your sort of inspiration around um, your latest book. So the latest book is Wait, I'm the Boss. So that that's the sort of, I guess, aimed at fairly new managers, is it? Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, the, the simple fact is, is that very few managers get trained to be managers. I know in my own personal case, uh, one day at work, my boss said, oh, I'd like you to take charge of this small group of people. I think it was just uh, three, maybe three people to start with. Um, and one day I became a manager. Well, I was never given any training in how to be a manager, um, never trained in how to be a better manager. The only training I had was just watching my boss, you know, watching my bosses that I had had um, mm-hmm. as I was growing up and as I was, you know, going up the organization. So, um, I think that happens a lot. So my inspiration was I wanted to get a book, um, write a book that would be um, provide managers, new managers particularly, with the skills, the knowledge, the information they needed to to be better managers. Yeah, lovely. And again, I mean, I'm still thinking, oh, we could we could sit here for hours. <laughs> so, um, what's the question then? But there's always that question is are are manage, great managers and great leaders are they made um 
you know, or, or are they born that way sort of thing? Well, presumably, had you written a book on the subject, you're hoping that there is some room for improvement. Um, exactly. <laughs> but tell, tell us more about your, your views on that, because people just do appear to have sort of great skills, you know, all along. You see little children being either, they call it bossy, or having good leadership skills, don't they? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> So you're saying that, that it's a, a teachable, a learnable skill. Yeah, and I, I, I do believe that there's a certain amount of um, personality involved. And the personality is something that we're born with to some degree, but it's also a, um, a product of our environment. You know, how we grow up, our experiences as we grow up, our parents, our siblings, our friends, and so forth. But, um, you know, leadership I believe any business skill, you can get better at it. You can learn the skills of being a good leader and learning how to, you know, create a, a, an engaged workforce. These are all things that have, have been studied like crazy. I mean, I think there's probably no more studied part of business than, than leadership. And as we know, the Gallup organization in particular has been looking deeply into engagement. They monitor it, I think, on a daily basis. So um, we we very much know almost in real time as managers um, if the things that we're doing are having a positive impact on our organizations or a negative impact. So uh, we can try new things, we can learn new things, we can we can uh, you know actually experiment a bit ourselves and then see what the outcomes are in our organizations. Mm. We quite often learn from, as you've already mentioned, the people that have managed us, and that's not always a great experience, is it? No, it's sure not. I mean, um, so many of us have learned from bad managers. I mean, you know, um, bad managers are, are something that we've had to deal with. I think probably most everyone has had at least one bad manager. Unfortunately, some of us have had more than one bad manager. But according, again, to Gallup, according to Gallup, bad bosses are the number one reason why people quit their jobs. It's because they've had a bad boss. So if that's who we're learning from, if we're learning our, our um, leadership skills, our management skills from bad bosses, then we're going to do the same. We're going to be probably bad bosses ourselves, and we're going to model that same behavior to others around us. And our people will learn the same bad skills. We just pass them on. And they, they perpetuate through the organization and through time. So um, it's, it's much better to, have a, um, to model good, um, good management behavior rather than bad management behavior. Mm. And I guess the, the particularly talented people manage to sort of um, flip that round and, and do a better job because they do the opposite of, of what was, was done with them. But uh, there is still sometimes that um, cultural thing of, you know, I had to put up with it. So you know, it's fine for you to do two, isn't it? <laughs> Rather than uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, that, that takes awareness. I mean, um, so many, I think, you know, managers, and this is just true in, in, in just business and life in general. Um, so many of us have so many things going on in our lives and our work lives, our personal lives. And it, it's much easier to fight fires, to deal with the, you know, the emergency of the moment you know, the exigency of the moment rather yeah. than actually planning ahead, rather than actually, you know, being self-reflective and seeing how our behavior um, affects others around us. So um, I think mm-hmm. that, you know, being self-aware is so much so important. And, and, and in many cases, people don't have time or they just don't take time to 
to look at what they do and how, how the impact of what they do. Cause mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there a common trait that you see in, in good managers? Um, you know, there are certain things that good managers, I think um, the best managers do. And I know for myself, you know, I, I like working for people who are inspiring. I think, you know, we all want to follow someone who inspires us. And I think when, when people point to the greatest leaders of all time, you know, whoever those people may be in your, your own country or um, business or, or community, um, they're always inspiring people. I mean, they're the people who, who inspire us. They, they, they're the kind of people we want to follow because they create a vision of the future that, that just inspires us, that, that we want to pursue. And that's true, you know, in our lives, in our, in our, in our businesses too. So they're yeah. certainly inspiring. They, they create a great vision of the future. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think they're optimistic. I think they're people who see the, the glass half full they're the, instead of the, the half empty people. So again, we want to be around people that are optimistic, that, that make us feel good about the future and about what we do. Um, we hope, you know, we all want to make a positive impact on the world. We all want to work at a place that, um, that, that makes us feel like we're making a, a positive difference in the world. And it's interesting that, um, you know, I think it was two thirds of employees say that they'd rather um, have a new boss over a, a pay raise. So there's yeah. a lot of people who are working for uninspiring, um, not optimistic bosses. So for some reason they would rather just find a new boss. Um, and maybe the other thing I would say is that, you know, we want to work for people who are honest and the, and the best managers, the best bosses, the best leaders are honest. They're, they're candid. They're, they tell us, they tell it like it is, you know, they tell us, um, they give us good feedback. They don't try to pull punches. They don't try to beat around the bush. They just tell it like it is. And, and they're honest uh, with us. If something's mm-hmm. going on out and, and if our, if our customers don't like our products, they tell us that if, if we're not doing a good job, they tell us that. Um, and they, and they give us suggestions on how we can improve. They, they help support us. Um, in addition to just being, you know, telling us the truth. Yeah, yeah. So we said there's, there's lots of um, been lots of focus on leadership and management, and you know yourself, you've written you know a whole number of books on on the the, the topic, and and yet a lot of people still don't seem to have have cracked it. What what do you think gets in the way of of managing people well? I mean, you, you sort of made a few comments earlier, but you know. What what is really stopping it? Given we've done lots of research, you know, we do send people on training courses, or we do coach people, we do put a lot of emphasis on it in in many organisations, and yet, as you've said, the the Gallup stats don't really seem to reflect that. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it's a great question because if if you could answer that question, um, maybe we would be able to move the needle, the engagement needle, which doesn't seem to move much. That it, it is yeah. interesting. But I, I personally feel that a lot of it is the training aspect. I mean, there's all sorts of statistics that show that training of managers is done very infrequently. In my book, I talk about the United States. And the United States Bureau of Labor Statistics found that um, for companies with fewer than 100 employees, they provide their managers with only 24 minutes of manager training a year. 
So 24 minutes of manager training each year in companies that have fewer than 100 employees in the United States. And companies that have 100 to 500 employees have just um, 12 minutes of training a year. So, I mean, there's a million books out there. I mean, I've, this book is one of many. And I know people read these books, um, but, but things don't change much. And I don't, I don't really know the, the answer. I think that maybe there's some just inertia. I think people tend to do what they tend to do. And they don't really change. There's, they don't see much of a reason to change. So unless the organization is really going down in flames, then there's not much incentive to change. Uh, mm. If the organization is going along oh, pretty much okay, if there's no major disasters, if you know they're, they're creating products, they're delivering services, and people are generally buying them, then I guess it's okay. I guess what I'm doing is, is probably okay. So mm-hmm. it, it might just be a matter of inertia and, and there's just not a much incentive to change coupled with mm-hmm. the fact that there's very little training going on out there. Mm. It's interesting. I, I, I've regularly done employee engagement training and workshops and so on. And it, it more often than not becomes the, it's the, the middle managers as you perhaps call them, or maybe the right. sort of the lower senior managers that, that go through the, the sort of, workshops and 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 do the sort of reflection and and all that sort of thing and i often find that there's then the the senior managers so the people who are effectively paying for it who aren't involved and you spend a lot of time as as a trainer i think sort of batting back that concept of you know are are the senior managers getting this training or if they didn't do this this and this we'd be able to do what you're asking us to do but and so on so i often think there's a gap and I don't know whether that, as they get more senior, it suddenly becomes that, or whether, I don't know what causes it, but is that something that, that you've seen? So, you know, the, the, there's a whole load of managers trying their very best, but actually they feel that at the senior level, they're not being given that opportunity or, or it's it's different when they're being managed sort of thing. Right. Well, there's a couple of aspects to that, that I'd probably point out. I, I know that, um, you know, at the senior senior level, it often becomes sort of the management fad of the month, you know, so someone's read a new book, someone's read the latest um, book by, you know, some, some leadership expert, whoever that may be. And all of a sudden that's, that's what the organization is going to adopt. So from the top, you know, at the C level or some senior vice president or vice president, they say, this is what we're going to do. We're all going to read this book and we're going to implement it. Uh-huh. And, you know, at the middle level, those those middle managers have seen this come and go over and over. They've seen uh-huh. this management flavor of the month. You know, every six months, there's a, there's a new book. There's a new seminar. There's a new, you know, leadership um, approach. So they kind of feel whipsawed, I think. They feel like, well, you know, why should I do this? Because I know six months from now, we're going to do something different. So I think there's some yeah. resistance at the, at the middle level right off the bat when, they, when they've seen this management flavor of the month come and go over and over again. Yeah. But then I also agree that you're mm-hmm. right. I, I think at the senior level, many of these senior leaders think that, oh, I don't need to do that. I already know. I already know how to lead. That's why I'm, that's why I'm a, C, a senior vice president. That's why I'm the CEO. That's why I'm the, a vice president because I already know. So I've obviously yeah. made it to this point. So why should I bother taking that training? I don't have time. I'm too busy um, creating the vision. I'm too busy, busy working on budgets. I'm too busy creating new products, all these different things. So I think you're right uh, to a large degree that 
at that senior level, they're just not actually going through the the process of, of that's required to 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 take on that that leadership um, that new leadership um, knowledge. Yeah, yeah. So for people listening to this on the archive, we're we're recording this in the middle of September. 2020 so still sort of in the throes of the the whole sort of pandemic thing and and so you know business has changed how we work has changed and one of the things that I often think I, I I came from a retail background and and we used to quite often you know have all these great ways of doing things you know the the, the, the as you say the sort of the latest fad and we'd implement it really well until something like Christmas came or um, you know, there was a, a, a crisis and all of a sudden the, the sort of thing, according to the needs of the business, got in the way and we had to drop everything because the business servicing the customer was, you know, more important. And that's true, but it always seemed to be like, well, let's just throw all of that out then. <laughs> Serve yeah. the customer and then we'll come back to it later. Um, I think that is quite common in, in business generally, that we sort of put things on hold that were the sort of innovative new way of doing things because we're in the middle of a crisis what have you seen over the last six months in in organizations and, and whether that's been the case or whether there has been some sort of great management through this this awful situation yeah well i think the biggest thing that's happened um is that um you know in in our current crisis that we're we're still going through is that you know so many organizations the employees are now working remotely they're working at home and that has so many different aspects to it. I mean, I know a lot of companies were kicking and screaming about having remote employees. Um, they were, you know, um, saying, oh, geez, you know, we really don't want you to work at home. But now we, they're, they're having to work at home. So there have organizations and, and the people who lead them are having to find innovative new ways to work with their people remotely and to try to keep teamwork going and to try to keep some sense of an organization together. Um, you know, they've got, I know my wife, she works at a university here local to us and um, her whole, her whole organization is now working remotely. Um, and it's been very difficult for them to, to do that. It's been, um, you know, quite, quite a challenge for them. So I think that's one thing that they've had to innovate. You know, most leaders, most managers have have truly had to innovate. And um, I, I think everything else is pretty much on hold. Um, mm. You know, anything else that doesn't have anything to do with working remotely and trying to get through that is pretty much on hold, right, from what mm. I've seen. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I had a discussion with someone about recently that I hadn't fully sort of appreciated in the first few months of this is how do you – start a career now given everyone's working from home and you don't go into that office where you meet all your colleagues and and everything else and I guess the the sort of follow-on to that in terms of our discussion is you know there will be managers currently now or rather new managers people who weren't managers two months ago who now are being promoted and becoming managers how does that differ from you know the past how how do we train those people how do we make sure those people are doing a good job when when we're in a completely different environment to what we're used to and we can't see them and you know all of that sort of stuff yeah well i think it's a matter of of having more hands-on i mean i think that um you know as as i mentioned before a lot of times um we're so busy with everything else that we allow these um um, you know, these other exigencies, these other things to get in the way. But I think as managers, we have to make a point 
of, of taking time now with our people and with our new managers, with our, our people in general, we have to schedule regular, you know, one-on-one meetings with, with all of our people. We can't just um, have a, a weekly staff meeting, for example, where we, we have a big zoom meeting with say 10 people or 20 people or hundred people. Uh, it's, it's critically important now that we spend a lot of one-on-one time with our people and, you know, whether it's remotely, whether it's in person, however that may work, I think that's that's more critical than ever um, to have those one-on-one meetings, those one-on-one, um, you know, co- um, discussions to mm-hmm. walk through with them um, what it is to be a, a good manager, what it is to get your, you know, your job done, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, just as you say, so, well, I suppose we, we need people to be even better managers than ever at the moment. Exactly. Harder to, to make that happen, sort of environment so precisely we've got a new manager now you know they 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 are they've just turned around and said wait i'm the boss (laughs) what what, what advice would you be giving them what 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 should they be doing yeah well i I think it's a matter of um you know when on day one when you walk in the door you really get you have to know your people And, and it's a difficult situation to be in for many new managers because often a new manager is plucked from, you know, a group of people from a team who are all peers, who are all, you know, working together, they're, they're friends. And all of a sudden you're saying that one of them is going to be elevated sort of above the others. You know, even if it's just organizationally above the others, all of a sudden they have authority over their peer group, their friends, their teammates. So that's a difficult situation for many um, employees to get through. I think it's sort of the most difficult thing that a new manager goes through is mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, being in charge of a group of people that they were just a part of. So yeah. I think in many ways, you've got to establish yourself as a leader, you know, as a manager, you've got to earn the respect of your teammates. You've got to sort of say, you know, our relationship's going to be different now. And you have to, I think, you know, again, these one-on-one meetings, you have you have a meeting with everybody together. You explain, you know, yes, now I'm I'm the manager of this group, um, and and you know I'll, I'll I would ask you for your support. I'll ask you, you know, I'll be very supportive of you. And then you go to those one-on-one meetings, and and you really get to establish that new relationship with each person individually, you know, as as a leader. And you know, you're not going to be the, the last thing you want to do is go in there and say. Now I'm your boss. I expect you to do everything I say. You know, I think you have to earn the respect of people. Um, you have to, you know, earn your respect as, as a leader, as a manager. And, and part of that is, is doing what you say you're going to do. Um, and part of that is, is, is being inspiring. And part of that is, you know, following through with them on your promises. So um, those are all things that I would say, if you're a new manager, um, you need to do. And um, what about, um, knowing if that works or not what have you got any thoughts on how people can find out <laughs> yeah well it's it, i think it's all a matter of, of you know ultimately you have measures it's all it's metrics i mean you ultimately need metrics so whether it's engagement whether you're measuring your engagement of your your team your organization whether it's measuring the outcomes so you know every organization every team has goals and those should be quantifiable goals. They shouldn't be just, you know, 
qualifiable, um, you know, we're going to get better. You know, saying we're going to get better is not good enough. Um, setting a number to, to most everything is something that I think every manager needs to do. They, there should be quantifiable, measurable data that you can look at that says, yes, our organization is achieving more. So, for example, we're going to, um, we're going to have 2% more um, sales, for example, this quarter. Um, we're going to find uh, 5% more new customers um, this month. You know, whatever those metrics should be, then you can measure it. Then you can see how you're doing as a leader, as a manager. You can see if you're having a positive impact on the organization or not. And if you are, then do more of that. If you're not, then do less of that and find something else to do. Mm-hmm. So what's the, the one piece of advice you'd give to new managers to focus on to, to begin with? I, I guess reading your book would be a start. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good start. But, you know, it's interesting. I've, I've changed my perspective a bit. I, I mean, I used to say, well, you know, keep improving your skills, learn more. But I think in these times, you know, again, we're talking about uh, right now, we're in, we're in September of 2020. And, I, I you know, I, what I've seen out there is I think that, that the best advice I can give any manager, whether they're, they're new or established, is to be more human. Mm-hmm. I think that, that when times are tough like this, when we're in, in such a difficult situation, that we need to be more human. Uh, we need to, to be more flexible. We need to be more understanding. We, might, we need to have more empathy for our people and our customers and our vendors and our communities. Um, I mean, I just know that I, I work with organizations and they're, you know, people are, work, again, working at home and they've got kids who are now, they're, they're having to be the homeschool for their children because their children aren't in school. They're having to take care of um, all kinds of things um, and, and work themselves around their business. Um, Mm -hmm. needs. So I think, I think as a manager, we just need to be more understanding. We need to be more human than ever before. And, uh, and, and, and and that's the best advice I can give anybody right now. Yeah, absolutely. And it's sort of an an irony in the fact that we're all in it together, but actually because we've all got such differing family situations, there's even more diversity probably in, in our circumstances than you, than normal as well. You know, so it's, it's a bit, both sides of the same thing, really. Exactly. I mean, we we could easily cut it off when we used to go into the office. We could say, "Up, oh, I'm gone. Uh, can't yeah. can't can't do the personal things now. I'll, I'll be away for eight or nine or ten hours." Um, but now it's all mixed together. It's all just you know, it's just a hodgepodge, and we have to mm. do the best we can. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for your time today, Peter. Um, tell people how they can get in touch with you and find out more about you. Well, thank you, Joe, so much. Um, the best way is to go to my website. It's just petereconomy.com, and you'll find resources there, um, links to my columns, uh, all the articles I've written. I've written over 1,500 articles on Inc.com, um, quite a bit about leadership and management, but other things as well. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Joe. Really appreciate it. I had a good time. And just to let you know, next week, Joe Moffat is back and she's going to be talking to Melissa Lampson, who's CEO of Lampson Consulting. And they're going to be talking about the inclusive workplace 
and discussing how organizations can successfully tackle employee engagement and talent management through new innovative methods. So, Joe, we'll be back with you next week. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.